Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 50th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Liam Land. And this is Blue Star. Well, welcome to episode 50. And as we always suspected, there would be pumpkins involved. Happy Halloween season, everybody. We've got a very special guest today who's going to walk us through some of his amazing pumping, pumpkin carving creations, as well as talk about what's to come. He's going to be doing a special Dragon Quest pumpkin carving for the podcast. We'd like to welcome to the party the fan-famous carver of the Luminary Pumpkin, Dominic Demers. Hey, everyone. Hey, I should have asked beforehand. Did I get your last name right? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of kind of notorious this past couple of episodes for completely botching the guest's name, <laughs> and then and of course I, I have a French Canadian name, so kicking myself for not asking that ahead of time. Well, uh, all right, so You're welcome all to the podcast. Uh, very excited to have you today. So uh, before we get started, let's get to know more about our guest Dominic. Uh, so. Uh, what usernames and handles do you go by online? Uh, I got a few. I mean, uh, the one that I use for gaming mostly is uh, Tabernacle, which is a yes. notorious French Canadian swear word. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the one I use mainly for for my protagonist for uh, Dragon Quest. Which is funny because now it's being like now that they do games in French too, it's banned, so I can't use it. I had to. Use special characters to write it. It didn't used to be a problem, but uh, <laughs> but now it, now it is. Uh, yeah. Other uh, other angles that I have is D Day, which I have been having since I was sixteen, so that's been like over twenty five years now. And uh, sometimes I go with the uh, the username Liquid L I K W I D. Oh, okay, nice. Now you're you're up in um uh, you're up near in in Quebec or in Montreal. That's or? correct. That's correct. Okay. Uh, well, actually, we're the I'm on the, the south shore of Montreal, so about, uh, I'd say 15 minutes without traffic from Montreal, or two hours when there's traffic. <laughs> okay, yeah, my, my, wow. sis, my sister-in-law is actually yeah. French, uh, French-Canadian from, from uh, Quebec. Oh! Yeah, she, uh, oh, we, nice. she got married out in, near St. Tyson, and... Uh, well, okay. Yeah, so we were all up there for the wedding, of, that was in like 2010, 11 years ago now, that's kind of crazy to think of, but... Alright, so we're old, anyway... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, right? <laughs> All right. So, how did you originally get into the Dragon Quest series? Well, I think like most people my age, I uh, I got into the Dragon Quest series when the uh, the first game came out uh, on the uh, the Nintendo Nintendo system. I went with the promotion that they had with Nintendo Power back then, so I got the Dragon Warrior. Uh, the first one, and I played the shit out of that game as a kid, <laughs> even though I barely spoke any English. Uh, I still managed to play the game with uh, with my older brother, and we loved that game. And I went afterwards, like I went on to rent the second game at the the video store back when we were renting, and that was back in the days. That was quite a thing because you would rent the game, and if you remember, they were. Uh, cartridge with a, a battery uh, inside, and you would hope that the next person that would rent the game wouldn't delete your adventure log, and you would have to start from the beginning. So, but that's actually how I played the the second and third game. I was pretty lucky that nobody ever deleted my uh, my quest, 
And then a little bit later, when uh, Dragon Quest Four came out, I got it uh, for Christmas from my parents. And then, like, I bought like uh, the second and third game uh, again and again. Like, I played those games like a million times, so I know, especially Dragon Quest uh, Three and Four. I know the games inside out in many different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like everybody out west, I kind of died down a little bit after. Uh, Dragon Quest Four because they didn't port uh, right away the other games. Mm-hmm. And when I was in college, uh, they got Dragon Warrior Seven here over on PlayStation. So as soon as I saw that, I actually bought a PlayStation to play that game, and I got the uh, the game. And I again like that's the game that I played uh, quite a lot. Yeah, I mean it. It is a long game, like uh, over like a hundred and something hours for a, a complete playthrough. But like I played it like probably like six, seven times on my actual PlayStation, and then eventually they got the other games over. I played the uh, the, the the fifth and sixth one uh, originally with uh, a patch, an English patch on the uh, on the ROM with throughout emulation, and and when they finally ported the game on. DS and mobile, I got like all the, the games. So I got like pretty much every version of every game that ever came to the to the West. I even get like a couple of uh, Famicom and Super Super Famicom cartridge here um, with a without with an actual console. I just don't play on it, but like uh, I have them here uh, to play. So I've been like uh, I've been pretty much into the Dragon Quest series, and that's pretty much the main game that I play. Like I buy consoles to play the, those games. So yeah, yeah, that's actually how I am as well. Uh, there's a couple, a handful of consoles. I think I got the PS2 for Dragon Quest Eight. Uh, I got the, yeah, exactly. I got the, I got the PS1 in anticipation of Seven, but then I ended up getting a bunch of games before it came out, uh, including okay. the, Tor- the Torneco spinoff uh, as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's nice. um, awesome. Um, so well, that's how I got the Switch. Oh, that's how you got the switch for for what builders? Yeah, or? of course. Yeah, uh, nice. I wanted to be yeah for builders, and then like when they announced uh, Dragon Quest Eleven uh, S, I mean, mm-hmm. I had played the uh, the original Eleven on Steam on my computer, uh, mm-hmm. but when they announced it on S, I of course I had to buy it again because that's what I'm, we do. <laughs> I'm actually getting the I'm getting the switch hopefully eventually uh, the the OLED version um, to uh, to play Dragon Quest Ten. Uh, because that's one of the easier ways I think to 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 play it. Um, but it's it's I've got like my slime keyboard ready. I'm just I'm ready to go. I just can't find the console because it's massively uh, undersold or un- uh, oversold. Oh yeah, uh, uh, oversold and understocked. Yeah, yeah, understocked. Um, but yeah, fing- fingers crossed. Maybe maybe 2022. I know I've been talking for like three years on this podcast about where's my sw- you know wanting to get a switch, and now eventually. It's looking good, but we'll see. Someday <laughs> it'll be a reality. Someday, yeah. And then, like, the new there version of the Nintendo console will come out. <laughs> Isn't that how it always go? Yeah, like a week later, they'll announce the next uh, generation oh. of Nintendo <laughs> consoles. I got, the, I got the Switch for Builders, and then, like, for, I think, like, two, three weeks later, they announced it on Steam, so I'm like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still don't regret it. Yeah. Um, so, what are what are some of your favorite games in the Dragon Quest series, mainline versus spinoff? Uh, all of them. <laughs> yeah. I think my all-time... That's a good answer. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, they all have a certain charm to it. Uh, my favorite for a long time was Seven until 
uh, 11 came out. I mean, like 11 was mm. such a phenomenal game on yeah. every level that it, it took the crown from seven, but seven is pretty much, uh, my second favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I'd say, uh, Dragon Quest three and four are pretty, like, I've got a soft spot for them. And, uh, surprisingly, a lot of people ate Dragon Quest two, but like, it's one of my favorites in terms of the, the characters and the whole, story in the part of the game mm -hmm. so so yeah i mean like the ones that i like the less and they're still pretty good games are eight for some reason i could never get into eight but like what i got to Ouch. play because that's the last one that I played. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah sorry so once i got to play it i actually like really like the character development i think that's the one that has the strongest character development of the the whole series yeah. uh and i know it's one of the, the like the fans favorite eight and five were the fans favorite so mm -hmm. uh, i mean it's eight, still, eight is, eight, no matter what it's still a great game yeah eight is a beautiful game it's it's really nicely it designed uh and the voice acting absolutely. is excellent as well it's so yeah. good absolutely. it's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> and it's surprising i gotta guess that <laughs> it is the in fifty episodes we've never done an episode solely based on eight. I can't believe that. Oh, what? we, ha we wow. really haven't. Yeah. Well, blue, because you would be part of it. <laughs> I want right. to get you. And I've been so get... busy lately. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I want to get you and, uh, and 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 Yangus Legendary Bandit on that one, um, and uh, and really talk about that game because that's I'm I'm incredibly surprised we haven't yet, but. Yeah, and it's it's just that we've we haven't had uh, specific guests on that would have been like, oh, I want to do a Dragon Quest Eight episode. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make that happen. Uh, but anyway, so getting back to, uh, do you have a favorite spinoff? Uh, spinoff uh, builders. Uh, the, the second one, I still have to play the first one. I bought it. I still have to play it if I can ever get my Switch back from my daughter who stole it away. <laughs> my my, my six-year-old daughter is always on my Switch playing Builders too, mm -hmm. and she changed my characters, uh, outfits, and everything. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Builders was pretty good, and uh, I like the Heroes series uh, a lot. Actually, uh, that's probably the first spin-off that I played was the uh, the Heroes series. I know a lot of my friends have been telling me to get into the Monster series. Mm -hmm. I tried it a little bit. I like it, but I've never been like into Pokemon and like monster catching. So, right. I mean, yeah, I yeah. do like it, but because it's, it's still a good game. But I'm like, it's not as to me. It's not as good as Builders or Heroes were. Right. Yeah, I mean they're, they're very, very different types of games. Like Builders is the the you know uh, the world kind of building game or uh, creation. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Heroes is like a hack and slash. Um, I <laughs> I agree with you on the monsters. I've only ever played the first three monsters games. If you count uh, okay. Caravan Heart as part of that. Um, Ooh. And uh, <laughs> we don't speak about Caravan Heart. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, 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 I only played Joker <laughs> One and Joker Two, so. <laughs> I, well, ironically, with Caravan R, like I'm a huge fan of Dragon Quest Seven, so I was like, okay, well, it it might be something like that's appealing to me, and like, nope, 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 like the the, the whole food mechanic was yikes. It was brutal. Oh yeah, yeah, but I the the thing about that though, I know a lot of people hate hate on that game because of that. If you play enough of okay. it, uh, you eventually yeah. get people in your party. Like I got a chef, and I got a, a fisherman, or a fisher as they're called in the game. Oh, that's and they, good. They, they like the chef 
basically cuts your food consumption down in half because he's like making food conceptually he's making food for the party um and yeah, eventually okay. like there's there's little things like that characters uh that you can add to your your party of wagons and they help to make it a lot more tolerable um <laughs> I so like the it, word tolerable yeah yeah because it is it is brutally difficult in the beginning i was just like walking around starving for the first like two hours of play <laughs> well i mean I don't mind a difficult game. I mean, I mean, I remember like playing Dragon Warrior Two on the NES, which is yep. pretty brutal, especially when you get yeah, to run. Yeah, it takes place but, in the uh, same. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that was that was cool. So, it was familiar, but as I'm playing Caravan Heart and I'm starving, walking around, I'm like, wow, this is way harder than Dragon Quest Two. Well, yeah, like the the whole like food mechanic was like got a little boring. So. Yeah. Well, you know how they do it. They do it right in Torneco. Um, at least like that. Uh, he it, it, it's not like every step it's like every okay. every few steps you lose one hunger point whereas in in caravan okay. heart it is brutal they're like you're losing a point for every step and then if you go into the mountains you're losing like rapidly <laughs> it's just yeah it's just crazy um but yeah that's, it is, but, uh, I, but i guess they had to tweak it so. yeah yeah totally um yeah that's a good question though how to rank all the spinoffs that would be you get a different answer probably uh, from every person you ask and then like as they thought more about it their answers would change uh but yeah that's yeah those are all, all all of them are excellent well, I have yet to play the, the dungeon crawlers, so uh, Tornado and uh, things like there's one with Genghis also uh, yep. that I've yet uh, to play. So, uh, but apparently they're pretty good. Yeah, I've played uh, the first three. Yeah, I've played all three Torneco games. Um, I haven't beaten the third one yet, but we we uh, we yeah. interviewed Tiger Mask, who's working on the fan translation for that. Uh, so Ooh. hopefully we'll see we'll see more information on that soon. Uh, but there was also a PS2 okay. version. A PS2 version of that, which was which was uh, really had really souped up graphics and like 3D elements to it. So I want to check oh, nice. that out as well. Um, nice. All right. So sorry, getting back to it, Blue. You had. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, do you have any favorite or least favorite characters or monsters? That's a lot in one question. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, to start with the favorite. I mean, like uh, favorite monsters. Obviously, like everybody loves the slime. I mean, you can't get around that. Um, other than that, I mean, I like, like, uh, Boss Monster. Like, my favorite of all time is probably the, the design of, uh, Malrat Sido in, uh, Dragon Quest II. That's, that's a character that I love a lot. So, you can understand that for Builders too. I was excited to have him in my party, even though he's, like, not exactly the same character. Uh, and Builders I, 2 is the best boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, and yeah, monsters that are my least favorite, I despise Cumulus X or um, uh, El Cloud that is that, that he was Cloud oh. called in <laughs> Dragon in Dragon Quest Seven on the uh, on the wind uh, thing. That guy like made me rage quit a couple of times. Like, uh, he was a run killer like, for me in Dragon Quest Seven. So, <laughs> yep, pretty much. And I mean, I tried also because one of the things that I do, I do, uh, I solo all the games, and I tried him solo. Oh, he was brutal. I did manage to to beat him like after leveling up like crazy, but he was brutal to kill, like to 
to, to, to get solo. So, like, so yeah, definitely this guy, I hate him with passion. <laughs> Other than that, characters, I mean, I've got a soft spot for some of the characters that are more, I wouldn't say the background, but like less prominent, like, uh, for instance, uh, Ashlyn or Barbara, depending mm. on the version, uh, Dragon Quest VI yeah. is one of my favorites. I like uh, Alina a lot in uh, Dragon Quest IV. Uh, yeah. I think uh, out of all the games, she's the one that you can build to be the, the strongest ever character uh, yeah, she's, she's she's definitely in my party. I mean, you feed her all the strength seed, and like she, you give her like the uh, falcon knight earring, and like she just kills everyone. Yeah. So like that, she's one of my favorites. I think the otherwise the the character that I don't like uh, is probably uh, Nevin Cameron Dragon Quest Six. I don't know, like he has an attitude <laughs> that he gets on my nerves every time. Yeah, so, yeah. Usually a as soon as I get him, he goes into the wagon and he stays there for the rest of the game. Yeah. I can relate to that. That's what he does for me, too. He's a, he's a wagon heel bot. Yeah. Absolutely. He's really good at his job, but he's a wagon heel bot. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> there you go. I think he was so unmemorable for me. We did a Dragon Quest Six episode with Fiona Day Quester, and we forgot to mention him. We talked about every <laughs> single character. And then it was after the recording, I was like, oh, we've completely forgot about Chamorro. Like, we didn't mention it at all. And, <laughs> That's okay. what he deserves. I guess, yeah, yeah. But, um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any favorite mechanics in Dragon Quest games? Monster collecting, job classes, casinos, anything like that? Uh, job classes, I like a lot. Like grinding jobs. I mean, when I did my uh, my solo run of Dragon Quest Six, I mastered all the jobs, which was super time consuming. Like even like the uh, <laughs> the monster jobs. They took me forever, but then, like, when you get to the final fight, if you're all by yourself, you need all those skills and, uh, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, so yeah that, that I like a lot. In the, uh, I like the, uh, the job mechanic in Dragon Quest Seven in the original on PlayStation. Uh, the, on the remake, it made it easy to explore additional jobs, but then at the same time, like, they were getting a little bit too easy. I like to grind for jobs. Like uh, again, like I grind like, all the the monster jobs in one of my playthrough in uh, Dragon Quest Seven, which was again time consuming. But uh, I mean, I have a thing where I could basically like grind like out of sleep. You know? <laughs> so that's uh, that's always good. So that's the mechanic that I like. I like to uh, to study the mechanic of every game to see uh, the special effects on the items. Uh, which especially comes into play when you do solo runs because these are very important, especially when I did Dragon Quest II where uh, Midanol doesn't have any spells at all. So you have to find other ways to heal yourself. So you go with the Shield of Strength. And like, you know, like sometimes in fights, you have to set it up in a whole different way. So that's something that I like to explore. Uh, how sometimes the best armor for a specific fight is not necessarily the strongest armor, but like it gives mm -hmm. you protection for a special element. Uh, that's stuff that I like to toy around with a lot. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, sometimes there are hidden benefits. I mean, monster, to the like, 
Exactly. Monster collecting is pretty fun, too, uh, when there's some benefit to it. When they did it in the original Dragon Quest VII, it was fun, but it didn't add anything to the game mm-hmm. necessarily. You're talking uh, about the monster when you could farm? Add them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But when they, when they can actually join your party, that's pretty fun. Or even with uh, the mechanic that you have in Dragon Quest VIII, where you can have your team fight into the arena and call them as a backup on the fight. That mm-hmm. was super fun to do. So. Mm-hmm. Morty's monstrous pit. <laughs> it's great. I love it so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we're we're gonna get to talking about some uh, some pumpkin questions. Uh, so you're actually working sure. on a Dragon Quest pumpkin carving for this podcast, uh, but we understand That's it's not correct. it's not it's not uh, finished yet. Uh, so by the time this yeah, is- I read a little bit behind. So. Uh, that's okay. Uh, by the time this is published, you should see a time-lapse video in the YouTube version of the podcast, which we'll link to in the show notes. So Dominic is actually taking a, uh, uh, a video of, of uh, some of his carving process, and we're going to include that uh, in the YouTube version. Um, but if you're listening to the audio version only, don't worry about that. We'll, uh, we'll have a link to the YouTube version so you can see the visuals if you want to. Um, and either way, we are going to uh, we're going to publish some pictures as well, uh, whatever photos that Dominic sends us, uh, our way. So when it's done, so excited! <laughs> yes, yeah, this is going to be exciting. So, and if you haven't seen his Luminary pub- Pumpkin already, just go Google image search Dragon Quest Luminary Pumpkin, or you know. Uh, or I, I, if, you, if you want, I could send you the picture, and you could link it to the uh, to the podcast too. Yeah, That's, that would be, that be, would be awesome as well. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, so. So how did you get into pumpkin carving and what was your first project? Uh, well, I first started doing pumpkin carving because I've got four kids. So, I mean, that was an obvious that they wanted to do some carvings. But like we started, I think it was like around 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, my oldest two kids were, uh, were like uh, my oldest one was five and my second one was, I think, two and a half or three. And they wanted to do something that was uh more a little bit more artsy more fun so we started doing disney princesses so i found some templates on the internet and we started doing them with the templates basically like i drew the templates back on the pumpkin and we started started doing with doing it with the kids with uh with cutting and carving the whole thing i mean the first one were very simple uh, but every, with every year that passed, I always like to challenge myself and go with something a little bit more complicated, a little bit harder, everything. And with every year, we get like stuff. Sometimes, like I, I just look at the thing I'm doing. I'm like, like usually midway through carving the pumpkin, I'm like, I'm out of my mind to do that. And eventually, like it always comes out like looking very nice. So, mm-hmm. uh, so over the years, we picked up some tricks. I mean, like we, I don't do them the same way that I used to do them when we first started. But that's something that evolved over. Awesome. So I have written here, what was your first Dragon Quest pumpkin carving as the question? But we were talking a little bit before the show started, and you had said that the Luminary was your first one, actually. Um, That's correct. (laughs) So I guess, as far as how I can bend this question to actually encompass something kind of cool, what was your reaction to sort of how the Dragon Quest community received your first Dragon Quest pumpkin? Uh, I felt uh, pretty blessed about it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, you know, like you do something like that, you put a lot of work into 
uh, carving a pumpkin, and then you just like post a couple of pictures online, and everybody was so like giving like such great comments, like uh, like praising my work and everything. So I'm like, wow, that's actually like you know that's that was pretty nice. So that was uh, that was super fun to do, and that actually uh, convinced me to do some more uh dragon quest pumpkins that was uh, that, that one with the luminary was i think two years ago last year i kind of ran out of time uh to do a dragon quest one and well i ran out of time slash ran out of pumpkins uh <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> that can get can be a problem the closer i get to halloween the closer i uh like, like the, the harder it's, uh, it is to find some pumpkins in the store so, and I can't do them too early because if I do them too early, they're going to rot by Halloween time. So I have to plan my things accordingly. I usually buy the pumpkins a day or two before I start carving. And then like, I, I spend the whole time carving the pumpkin and I freeze them. I put them in my free, in my freezer until Halloween just so that it, it don't rot. Because uh, that's, that's what happened with the luminary. You can't see it on the on the picture, but I was carving the the the, the whole pumpkin, and it started rot, rotting as I was <laughs> cutting it. It smelled horrible, yeah. and I was trying to cut, and it was like getting like all juicy and everything. That was yeah, that, that had was, some difficulty to do it. That was the dark spawn. It was. Oh uh, my goodness! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's that's actually what I called it. The luminary. Wow! I yeah, I never thought about freezing pumpkins to I've not, preserve yeah, them until Halloween. I think normally we just leave ours out to rot. As, yeah, as, uh, <laughs> and it, it usually well, starts like the next day. It'll be furry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like it's got a beard growing. Uh, but well, yeah, that would you be have good to, for Boria. What's that? If the pumpkin grew a beard, it would be good for for who? Boria. <laughs> Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the beard is beard, like leave it out for a week. <laughs> yeah, the beard is usually on the inside though. But I guess you Dang. could expose some of the skin on the top, and it would actually grow like a yeah. disgusting beard. Yeah. Well, the the reason why I discovered how you could freeze these is because one of the, uh, one year I did like among my pumpkins, I did one with the uh, with the thematic of the uh, the movie The Incredibles from Disney. Mm -hmm. Pixar yeah. actually, and uh, my kids at their school they had like a move like a movie night on a Friday night at the in the gym of the school where they were showing The Incredibles. And it was like I think a week and a half after Halloween, so they asked me if they could get the pumpkins. I'm like, yeah, I need to freeze it because it's gonna be like a puddle of juice and goop uh, yeah. by the time I get uh, I get there. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so then I, I tried it and it worked. So like I started using it like after that, after that, like so I could get my pumpkins ready before like the uh, a couple of weeks before uh, actually uh, actual Halloween. Yeah, it's funny when like you know you you, you carve these pumpkins. Sometimes they're supposed to be spooky and everything, but it's scarier on the inside the next day when you open up. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just see all that. Uh, how quickly? How quickly that happens. Um, <laughs> And so, one of the bad thing is that I, I usually when I, when I, when I get it on the inside, I put like a, a an actual light bulb to get a good lighting on it. So if they start like going rotten on the inside, I still need to stick my hand in there and remove the light bulb socket <laughs> and everything and clean it up. So yeah, not uh, fun. I would just I would just be like, nope, no, that's that's the that's getting thrown <laughs> out too. <laughs> yeah, throw it away. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I actually wouldn't have thought of doing the freezer either, Blue, because I don't, I just don't have that kind of space in my freezer. Um, That's fair, I too. I don't think I ever have to, like, fit an entire pumpkin. I'd have to, <laughs> I'd have to throw out everything in my freezer, and then <laughs> I'm still not sure well, if it would fit. <laughs> that's basically what I did this year. I made sure that I eat, I hate everything with my kids that was in the freezer, so now I'll have, have enough room to put the pumpkins in there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, can can you walk us through a basic summary of how you uh, how you plan um, a carving sure. and what what tools you typically use? Well, the first uh, step before even getting tools or anything is I have to design the actual carving. So. Uh, I mean, in the past life, I used to be a graphic designer, so I'm pretty savvy with uh, Adobe Illustrator and uh, Adobe Photoshop. Mm. So yeah. I usually find a good picture of something I uh, I want. I tweak with the colors and everything, and I mm. usually get it down now to two or three shades uh, of colors. And mm. then I, in Adobe Illustrator, I do the, the whole template of what I want to actually carve. Once mm. this is done, I just print it out on my computer, and I stick it. I stick the sheet literally on the on the pumpkin, which is tricky because the pumpkin being kind of a sphere, uh, right, sometimes I have yeah. to readjust the, the, the design on it. Uh, uh-huh. But once this is uh, taken care of, I um, well, once the, the the sheet is stuck on the on the pumpkin, I mm-hmm. use a uh, a thumbtack, like a, like one of those pushpins that you use for uh, mm-hmm. boards, and I. Yeah. Do micro dots like all along the lines for the whole designs, like every piece that I want to take out. I do micro dots all over the pumpkins, and then mm-hmm. I remove the sheet so I can see with the micro dots. I can see what I need to carve. Then I use a sharpie to redraw like in different colors the different parts. That's uh, the first sharpie. Yeah, uh, a couple of steps exactly. So, so that's why I say like it doesn't really take a lot of skills to do a uh, like a nice pumpkin carving, but it takes a lot of patience to do it. Uh-huh. So once the design is done with a Sharpie, um, I start, usually I start with the uh, the parts that are going to be completely off. So I cut through, I have a whole kit that I bought over the years uh, with different uh, knives, uh, some kind of spoons. I have something that looks like a chisel, basically, that I use for uh, in different sizes to just do some grooves sometimes or uh, to do a little bit of a, a touch-up on the on the pumpkin. So that's the first step that I do when I, I start carving the, the pumpkin itself. Uh, after I did the, like, the fully through, I go to some other areas where uh, I'm going to go with different depths. So I use a precision, like basically like a paper, like a, a box cutter, and mm-hmm. I, cu- I cut the, 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 the skin off of these because the skin is very uh, opaque of the, um, of the pumpkin. So just removing the skin is going to give you like some kind of a, of a shade once the light is in there. It's, gonna get, mm-hmm. it's not going to give you full light, but it's going to give you some kind of shade. And then I experiment like with different thickness of the, the, the flesh itself that I, that I leave for different uh, levels of shading. And mm-hmm. once I'm done with all of that, I have to carve a hole at the like the bottom behind of the um, uh, of the pumpkin to get the wires through. Uh, I put the light like the the, the light bulb socket in there. I usually try to use a hundred uh, watt light bulb because it gives you like a like a very dense uh, light. And then I just like plug, I, I just like wire all my electricity and I plug it into a socket. 
So I've got a whole oh, wow. bunch of wires like so, lying on the ground <laughs> on Halloween. So. Wait, do you do you have like a, a plug hole in the back of the pumpkin where you can't see? So uh, the plug can uh, come through. Uh, no, basically, basically what I do is that I cut with a knife. I just cut a hole where I yeah. put, I, I get the wire out, and then yeah. on, on yeah, I get yeah, yeah. the wire. I have a three I have a three prong. Uh, Connector there that I just plug into a regular socket. Gotcha. Oh, that's interesting. Um, sure. yeah, the, the, the other thing the that I've always that... been. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. True. Oh, good. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Sorry. You were saying? No, uh, I, I was saying. Uh, uh, I forgot my train of thought there. I was going to say something, but uh... Uh, oh yeah, well, the first the first couple of years I tried uh, using like regular candles in there, but the candle light is not strong enough, and you lose a lot of the details of the carving. And it was actually by trick or treating with my kids that I saw a neighbor that did some fantastic pumpkins and I asked them and they said that they uh they they just used a uh, a light bulb in there. I'm like, you know what, that's not crazy. And I tried it this year. I mean but and, and what's fun with light bulbs is like you can even experiment with colors, you know, like one year I did the a whole thematic of the characters from the movie Inside Out. So, uh, so I had this guy that I use a uh, like a green light. I had uh, fear that I use a purple light, or anger that I use a red light. So I had, I had a, a colored light for each and every emotion. So that's something that I can experiment with as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, the the thing that I was gonna I was gonna say that I I find fascinating is the uh, the different shades. Like you were talking about how you uh, you peel back. Part, levels of the skin and just how how do you know how much to peel back to get the right type of shade is it all experimentation it's, it's all experimentation and most mm. of the time i use my uh like the little kind of like sort of chisel but i'll i'll show it in the video like it's kind of like a, a semicircle kind of chisel there and i use it like i could say it's like little little by little parts of the uh of the flesh of the pumpkin sometimes i screw up and i go too deep sometimes it's uh it looks bad, but like it's all about experimenting. Basically, mm-hmm. sometimes I had shading that didn't come out quite as nice as I wanted, but it did the trick. So cool. <laughs> all right, so I have to ask: when you're done carving a pumpkin, what do you do with the pumpkin guts? Um, do you normally? Because <laughs> <laughs> I some sometimes I roast the seeds. Sometimes we just squish them around for a little bit and then get rid of them because they're kind of gross. Uh, but <laughs> you can have a what pumpkin seed do? fight. <laughs> well, each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I throw everything in the trash can because I don't like pumpkins. <laughs> as funny as it sounds, like I don't like pumpkins at all. So, and it's actually something when I carve the pumpkin, like even the smell of it, I'm like, oh, that's gross. Like it's like up to some point when I, when I had the rods and when I was gagging when I was cutting it. You know, like you gotta suffer to make some pretty things sometimes. Oh, so are you gonna be but, you're gonna uh, be the yeah. gas mask in the video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I usually threw them away. Uh, everything, and even my kids are not big into pumpkins, so which I'm thankful for because I don't like I don't want to start cooking pumpkins. So, so I just throw like everything in the trash. <laughs> I usually leave mine sitting out for as long as possible because the the longer it sits out and gets gross, the scarier it is, and that's Halloween themed. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> and that's how you grow your beards, right? Yes. Or <laughs> yeah. right, I I should actually do like one of like the zombie monster or something and just let it rot or <laughs> or do some, <laughs> something in that vein, you know? Yeah. Or go with yeah. uh or, or, or go Demir from uh, Dragon Quest Seven 
And you know, like as you progress into the pants, like he starts like kind of melting and everything. I just, I should just like do him and let a pumpkin like sit there. Like, and yeah. just run. that's his, his evolution. <laughs> so, so how long does it take to complete a, a pumpkin carving project? Uh, usually from start to finish, we're talking about seven to eight hours on a pumpkin. That's, wow. uh, that, that, that's like detailed. If I go something uh-huh. that's, that gets like really crazy or the one that I did for the, 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 the luminary, actually, I think it took me like close to 12 hours because I was dealing with a pumpkin that was basically falling apart when I was trying right. to cut it. Yeah, I, I was can imagine. Very, I, I had to be very careful. Yeah, I had to be very yeah. careful not to After. break it and not to get like all of that yucky stuff all over me. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, twelve-hour pumpkin carving. You're going to be fighting the rot while you're carving it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it usually is the time that it that it takes me. If I do like a simple one, like yeah, like I'm planning to do on top of the one that I'm doing uh, for the show. I'm planning to do probably a slime. The slime is going to be pretty easy. Like I'm, I'm thinking like maybe like one or two hours I'm going to be done because it's, a, it's an easy shape to start. Unless I want to go crazy and start doing shading on the slime, but uh, I don't see this happening. I'll probably let my kids uh, do the slime. Yeah, yeah. I've actually done slimes and I did one. I did two slimes and I did one drackey one year. And the drackey I tried to Ooh. do like a, I tried to do a pixelated drackey. It was like uh, like the NES version of a drackey. Um, okay. It, turn, okay. it turned out better than i expected but not <laughs> not your not your level of quality you got you got a you got a couple more levels on me yeah it's all about I mean, practice i mean quite a few <laughs> <laughs> so what are some other carvings that you're especially proud of uh one that i did last year which was a baby yoda carving that was pretty amazing there was a lot of small details in the cloak and that was crazy, like that. But but the result was pretty amazing. Uh, other than that, I think the luminary is probably my nicest piece that I did. Uh, the shading for the uh, for the hair was pretty amazing. Uh, though the one that I'm preparing this year uh, for the show uh, should be pretty spectacular too, if I don't mess it up. So um, uh, so so yeah. So the, the the ones usually that have a lot of details or like. When I have something with a thematic, like the one I was talking earlier about um, uh, that I did for Inside Out with different colors, it's just like something that's different. Uh, I did one one year with uh, one of my kids that dressed up as a, a character from the uh, the musical Grease, and I did one with which was uh, Olivia Newton John and uh, John Travolta. Uh, John Travolta, thank you. Wow. <laughs> it's, Getting late. Uh, yeah, Dr. Holton, <laughs> Olivia Newton, John. Anyway, it was kind of like reverse picture. And when you look at it, it looked pretty weird. But then when you close your eyes, like the lights actually like did the reverse picture in your head. And like it was like almost like a photographic uh, replica of the thing. That, that was pretty awesome. Uh, and I tried to, I took a picture and I tweaked it in Photoshop where I just like inverted the color and it was pretty amazing. So that's uh, another one that I was proud of. Awesome. Uh, we talked about this technique of scraping off the skin and leaving some of the dermal layer so that the light shines through faintly from the inside. Um, how do you how yeah. do you actually do that without without breaking the inner layer? Or uh, actually, I try to do that without breaking the inner layer. Sometimes uh, I run into some problems where uh, I've got like one piece that tears off, like that breaks off, and I need to fix it. Usually, 
to fix it, I I use toothpick. So I just put like a little bit of toothpick into the uh, into the upper layer, and then I put the piece back there. Uh, but it, then it gets very fragile. Uh, there's a whole way to, to to carving. I usually start from the pieces from the center, and I go from the center to the outward parts of the pumpkin. Because if I start with something that's outward, when I'm going to start like uh, taking the center piece, it's going to put some pressure on the the remaining piece on the outward, and usually like the like the outward part is like there's big chunks that are removed, so it usually breaks easily. That I learned uh, like the the hard way by breaking some of my designs uh, over the years. Uh, but now I'm, I'm always starting from the from the center and going outward, so that managed to keep much of the pumpkin uh, without breaking it. Uh, but whenever I break it, I use a um, I, I use some toothpicks to to fix it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes one of the biggest problem is that if I get the uh, the pumpkin inside the house for too long, it starts getting a little bit softer, and the fiber of the mm-hmm. flesh of the pumpkin uh, becomes pretty hard to cut, and it gets very fibrous. Uh, so I have to take it out so that it gets a hole. Uh, it gets whole again. So that's Sometimes stuff that I come uh, that I come by, uh, and, or when I start scraping, it's like it starts like peeling out from the inside, and that makes different shading, which is not the intent uh, effect. So it kind of like ruins a little bit of the other thing. So, so I play and I experiment a little bit with it, and uh, I mean I've had to patch some of my thing and my my work in the past when I when I broke some uh, some pieces up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually leads into Blue Star's next question, uh, which I think um, hopefully you can elaborate a little bit more on. But uh, but Blue. Yeah. So the question is, how have you ever made a mistake where you had to repair damage to a project, and how did you fix it? All the time, all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, sometimes when it's not like such a big mistake, I just modify my artwork to incorporate like my mistake in the carving. Uh, sometimes, again, I need to patch it with a piece of pumpkin that I like. Sometimes I've, I've even taken like piece from a different pumpkin that I just like carve a piece to put back there. And I put uh, toothpicks in there to hold it in place and make sure that it's, uh, that it's patched. But sometimes when the mistake is too big, then it's, uh, it's hard to do. Or even sometimes I'm going to carve, like if, the, if I get a pumpkin where the, the, uh, the flesh is pretty thick, I'm going to carve like a little part that's pretty narrow. But then once I'm done, from the, like from the outside of the inside, I've carved it at an angle. So you basically see annulites coming through. So I have to carve it again and like wide, uh, widening the, uh, the inside of the, uh, of the carving. So it's all, it's all mistakes, it's all stuff that I've learned over the year. And my kids love to help. So I let them help and sometimes they screw up the design and I have to fix it. So I'm pretty, uh, uh, I'm pretty careful with the, the, the part that I let them do sometimes. Sometimes I give them their own pumpkins to carve, uh, <laughs> to make sure that they don't mess with the ones that I have uh, a lot of small details on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like over the uh, over the years, I've discovered like different ways to do it. Even uh, when I took out like a piece of uh, the the actual outside skin of the uh, the pumpkin, uh, sometimes I could just like put paint. I could put uh, some uh, <clears throat> uh, a piece of uh, chewing gum 
just to patch it. I, I, as long as I have something that's uh, that's really uh, opaque and that doesn't get the light through. I mean, it's gonna look crazy when it's uh, it's fully lit on the outside, like uh, in daylight. But most of the time, like even with the carving, when like in full daylight, you can't really see what the carving is or where or uh, until like it gets dark, and then like you really see the light coming through. So it doesn't matter what's stuck on the on the pumpkin itself. So it's different yeah. things that I I try to uh, to just go in it and find stuff around to help me patch my mistakes. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that's always my fear going into a project. You put so much time into it, you know, what it like it's it, it's cool to see those insights where you're actually like grafting other pieces of pumpkins in with toothpicks and everything to fix uh uh problems like that. Have have you ever uh had a mistake where the entire project got completely scrapped or have you been able to make repairs to keep yep. it going? No, I had one that was actually when I did my inside out pumpkins. I mean, there's so many characters in that movie that by the last pumpkin, like my pumpkins that started to rot again, seems to be a recurring problem that I have. Uh, <laughs> it, it start... Need more <laughs> freezer why, space. Uh, yeah, there you go. You need to walk uh, freezer to carve the pumpkins in. October. Right, but yeah, that that one, like one of the characters, I was actually like carving it, like it was like getting way too soft and like it just like blew the whole front panel like i was midway through and the whole like front panel like basically like exploded in a juicy in a nice like juicy explosion all over the place i'm like yeah screw that one so i just like <laughs> took it out and <laughs> that oh, was man. uh I, I wasn't too happy but that's the only one that i actually completely messed up most of the time i managed to uh, and I go slowly. That's why it takes me a lot of time. But I go slowly, and I usually manage to save whatever uh, mistakes that I do. All right. Well, the, the toothpick thing makes me feel a little bit more confident that I'm not going to like screw up a future carving and you know make my kids cry. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's too. What a crappy slime, Daddy. <laughs> Melted slime. <laughs> yeah. Turn a slime into well, a bubble slime. Well, that's how that works, yeah. right? There you go. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. I get the bubble slime. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just throw the guts. <laughs> throw the guts on the on the tray. I mean, there's your bubble slime right there. <laughs> <laughs> or just turn the pumpkin like uh, turn it around and start car carving on the other side. Oh yeah, that works. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'd, I'd have to imagine <laughs> too, like, the light would be shining through the back. You'd have to put something in, you know, over it. Yeah, use yeah. paper or something. Yeah, you could put like just yeah, or just duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> right. Paper and duct, tape. <laughs> duct tape fixes everything. Yeah, yeah, um, it does. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of did like for like you're talking about fixing. I just remembered that when I did the luminary thing, when it was like a piece that was uh, it was so rotten at the bottom that I had to. When I was carrying it around, I had to put something underneath the pumpkin so that like the bottom would just wouldn't just collapse. And my yeah. light socket, I had to put like I had a, a, a translucent plastic case for cookies that I had bought earlier that week, and I, I had the light sitting on that. So you can actually see through the like if you look carefully, you can see like the like the plastic cookie tray in the, <laughs> in the pumpkin. I love these little behind-the-scenes stories because, you know, as we're looking at these pictures, like this pristine, beautiful artwork, completely rotten on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I know a couple of people like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> I'm not naming anyone. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure everybody knows someone like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who is your rotten pumpkin in your life? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that would be a good question. So, Dominic, are there any future Dragon Quest carving ideas that you want to create? Well, there's the one that I'm doing for uh, for the show. I mean, should I say which one it is, or should I wait until uh, yeah, no, you the can, video you can is there? Because, well, by the time this publishes, okay. like it'll we'll have the video and everything, so you can definitely okay, spoil. Okay, okay. So, spoil yeah, so, well, I, you'll I, only spoil it I for the two of it. us. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, I did a survey on the uh, in the uh, Dragon Quester uh, Facebook group, and the one that won was uh, the Dragon Lord. And I was like, yeah, but it's like there's no like cool picture that I could, that I could do of the Dragon Lord uh, that that were like cool enough in my opinion to do like a nice pumpkin. So I decided to go with uh, Malroth from Dragon Quest Two since he's my favorite boss, and like I've got like some pretty cool art that I work with. Mm. So uh, this one should be pretty interesting. Uh, so that, that, there's going to be that one. I'm probably going to have a slime too, uh, which ironically I never did a slime before. Uh, and then like there's a few classic that I thought about doing like in for future uh, years. You know, like anything that plays with um, with like, like the uh, the lava bashers from uh, Dragon Quest Three or the rock bomb, like or anything that you can like just like carve like lines that that are glowing could actually get an extra uh, level to the actual art on it. Awesome. So, so had you done the Dragon Lord, which version would you have done, and which version of Malroth are you doing? Uh, if I had done the Dragon Lord, I would have probably done like his true version, where he, re- he reveals his true self. I was uh-huh. thinking about something with the dragon, and then the flame that he kind of like spitting out would be like carved out, so that you could have like a, a light of flame. But like, I couldn't find anything that I like enough to to do it. Uh, for Malroth, I actually did his monster form. Uh, with his uh, six arms and uh, his fangs and everything. So that's, oh, nice. Uh, that's going to be a pretty interesting one. That's awesome. I mean, it has to be scary for Halloween. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm so excited for this now. I am, I'm excited too. I I put I threw my hat in on the poll too because you could add your own you could add yeah. your own like uh, you know ideas into it and I threw in uh, the idea for um, Mortimer. So yeah. it would be a, it would be one giant pumpkin in the middle and then two smaller ones on the side for the hand. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a pretty cool <laughs> idea too. I'm actually I like missed this entire poll in the Dragon Questers Facebook group, but I don't go there very often. So <laughs> that probably explains it, but I just was completely oblivious to the whole thing. Yeah, that was what like about like a month ago or so that I I did it. Well, there's so many content that is posted that it's, it's easy to miss something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, things are, are there's a lot uh, going on in the Dragon Questers group. Um, mm-hmm. I can see how it, how it could get uh, missed, but yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, I kind of like the more to more idea. That's true. I remembered <laughs> you mentioning that. So. Yeah, like maybe next yeah, but, yeah, the other idea because I, I have a lot of ideas. I just can't execute them because I'm not. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a skilled graphic artist. <laughs> so the other idea would just be Yangus, like Yangus's face. I think yeah. that would be a, I think that would be a real cool one to do because it's just so Absolutely. detailed and expressive, you know. Absolutely, um, and then you can put like a little. Would it be his blue poor blimey face? Yeah, well, oh, then, that, then that, I go like. Yeah, that would be a good maybe two. 
<laughs> you put a you little can, Bluetooth. You can, you can make an animated speaker gift. inside. Well, yeah, or you forth. just you just put like a Bluetooth speaker inside the the, the carving, and when kids are coming by, go carve by me. That would scare See, the that's the kind of crap I would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, any other pumpkin-related questions? I uh, I guess I do I do have one more. That's the uh, I mean the the thing that I would think is challenging is taking that two D design, like you said, and fix and kind of positioning it over uh, yeah. the the three D pumpkin. Yeah. Um, well. So how how do you kind of overcompensate for that that difference? I mean, you talked about it a little bit before, but like in, I basically do it uh, by hand. Uh, once I print out my design on the uh, on the sheet, uh, well, first of all, I have to scale it to make sure that it's going to fit on the pumpkin. But then, like, mm -hmm. I try to push it there, and like, like it's very simple. But like with scissors, I start like cutting grooves on the side, like all around, so that I can like put like a nice circle around it. And then I patched up the uh, the artwork to to make it fit that way. That's gotcha. the easiest. That's the easiest way to to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I could probably get some kind of software to do it for me, but then, like I'm like uh, that. That would probably be like way more complicated. Than it I just yeah, that's that's one of the things that I think would be challenging. Just from like a, it would if I did it, it would look distorted. Like I don't know if I would get it yeah. perfect, but I would. You know, that would be the challenging part for me. Well, the, the whole idea to put, like, the design on the pumpkin is, like, to... I, I could probably, like, just, like, look at it and, like, go, like, by eye and, like, just... But I'm, like, I'm not talented enough to draw directly on the pumpkin. So mm -hmm. it gives me a good guide. But then after, once it's done, like, I readjust the different, yeah. uh, the different things so that it doesn't look distorted. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that the readjustment is the pushpin process, or is that like? Uh, it's before. It's usually before the pushpin process. Okay. Yeah, I I, I do it before that, and then like I I usually like compensate for the pushpins when I uh, yeah. when I go. Sometimes I don't even trace it on the sheet. Like I've like over the years, I've I've become like so used to fixing it that sometimes I just do it when I do the push the the pushpin through the uh, the flesh of the the thing. I just like yeah. do a straight line and uh, or like bend the line a little bit to compensates for any distortion okay cool um blue do you have any other pumpkin related questions i have learned more about pumpkins today than i have in my entire life so i don't <laughs> even know what i don't know to ask <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i feel like i've learned i've learned quite a bit myself uh i don't know if i'm gonna get to carving a pumpkin this year but i would uh i would like to take these uh these new techniques and try to apply them to a future carving so thank you for uh for coming on you're welcome and, yeah so that's Sharing it for this pumpkin wisdom yes exactly exactly <laughs> i mean talk um, about like useless skill in life <laughs> pumpkin sensei <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of Slime Time. We do want to thank Dominic for joining the party and providing uh, the carving for everyone to see that we're going to apply to uh, uh, the published version of this podcast. Thank you Thanks for having so me much over. for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Uh, so we don't yeah, use right. Patreon. We're just longtime fans and want to speak about the games we know and love. Uh, if you have money you'd like to donate, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at wudis.com slash den. Click on support this site. Uh, Wudis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den 
DQ fan cipher for 20 years. I'm going to appreciate any donation or you can use his Amazon affiliate link to make any purchases. Um, so he's got the new banner uh, ad at the top of the forums. If you're on the website, um, you, you, you can't miss it. Um, so you click there every time you want to make an, an Amazon purchase. And then a small fraction of that sale will go to support the dent. To advertise with us, reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions or comments for us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining forums still around. You can find it at the Dragon's Den main page or at www.woodus.com slash forums. Or come hang out with us and tons of other ra- rabid Dragon Quest fans on the more official everyday Dragon Quest Dragon's Den Discord server. We'd like to thank everybody that made this possible, like Brian, a.k.a. Woodis, for his support of the series and this podcast, and for keeping the Dragon's Den lights on for decades. Thanks to Amanda Lepree and the Descendants of Erdrick for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. Descendants of Erdrick is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out in their most recent album, Advent, at www.descendantsofurdrick.com or on Twitter at Diaverdrick, and check out Amanda Lepree streaming on Twitch. Our thanks to Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist slash DQ fan, for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of the Slime Time podcast, many, many of our episodes. You can check out more of his work at Dwayne Art on Instagram or his website at DwayneBullockArt.BigCartel.com. And if you're looking for more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon Sand Anchor FM, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and I just found out Audible as well, uh, and many more where podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. Bye, everyone. Dragon Quest Slime Time, sliming off. <laughs>